You're listening to episode number six of the podcast. Joining us today, guys, is a stream coach and partnered streamer, Ashney Christ. In this episode, we're going to discuss Ashney's struggle of streaming to the same small audience for over four years. And then we're going to discuss how one book changed her entire perception and outlook on streaming. And after rebranding and coming back, she hit partnership in just two months and hit a thousand subscribers on Twitch in four months. And then we're going to discuss how she became the leading streamer in the coaching community and ended up having a constantly sold out coaching program. All that and more in today's episode, guys. Let's get to it. You are listening to the Content Experience Podcast, the podcast for those wanting to learn more about all aspects of content creation and streaming. Each week, we sit down with some of your favorite streamers to get to know the story behind the stream and what advice they would give to help build your dream career in content creation. All this with your host, taco lover, sci-fi geek, and award-winning tap dancer, the Mike James. Welcome to the show. With me right now is Ashney Christ. How are you doing, Ashney? Hi, Mike. I'm doing really good. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, I'm really excited to to talk to you today about all of the things. All of the things. <laughs> yeah, all of the things. Give us a little bit about yourself, Ashney. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where to start? Oh, my God. <laughs> um. My journey has definitely not been an easy one. I'm definitely not one of those creators that I got started and I just had the inherent talent and um, leadership to be able to do really well on Twitch. That was not my personality at all. Even though as a kid, whenever I was in school, I was in like uh, speech and debate, debate and improv and acting and all of these classes that you think would transfer over, they just didn't for me for some reason. I saw a lot of the top creators whenever I first found Twitch were very like toxic and cruel. And so that's the type of personality that I thought I needed to have in order to see success. And I got started at just the very beginning here. Uh, I found Twitch in 2012. I started streaming in 2013. And I streamed to about 20 people for four years. So I struggled for a long time. I definitely had a, kind of a, a toxic mentality towards it and a toxic outlook on it. I was very much, and I'm sure I'll refer to this idea a little bit later, but I was very much, I had the scarcity mindset where I thought that everyone was competition. If somebody else was succeeding, that was success that I wasn't getting. I compared myself to other creators, like all of the negative things that you possibly can do uh, as far as even like seeing other people be successful and saying, well, why isn't that happening for me? Right? Why are these other people totally blowing up and doing so well? And I'm just not. And it was very upsetting for a long time, but I had awesome friends. And even though my viewership never really grew, I did end up going full time in 2015, specifically because I had one person out of those like 20 or so people that were routinely in the stream that was incredibly financially supportive. And 
he was the reason I was able to go full time. Um, he helped me achieve a big tip goal to pay off some debt and to be able to put myself in a position to be able to stream as much as I wanted. I moved to Austin, Texas from Oklahoma. Uh, I got all of the things that I needed for a dope AF setup for streaming. Uh, I got a new apartment. Like I had this major life change and I thought that I had finally achieved this awesome goal of kind of the dream of being a full-time streamer, right? Everyone thinks like you just play video games for a living and you get paid for it. And that's like the dopest ex existence you could possibly think of. But that's just not the way that it turned out for me. Uh, and in the beginning, I knew that something was missing, even from whenever I first started streaming, those very early days of, you know, having to have someone hang out on Skype with me and say hi to my viewers because I was too afraid to do it all the way up until two and a half years of streaming when I eventually went full time. And so I brought that concern to the person who really financially supported me. And he said this just, uh, I've said it so many times, so I will never get tired of saying it. He said that there will be a lot of people who make it on Twitch, but it's never going to be you. And the minute I heard that, like my stomach just jumped into my throat and it was terrible. And I felt like I was in this position of being full time and then he pulled all of this support away from me. So I'm like, crap, what do I do now? Right. And mm. that was the time where uh, I fell into this depression, but I still had to pay the bills. So I got a job uh, and that was my first gig economy job, which led me to being my own boss for the first time. And I fell in love with it, like love, love, love. Uh, being my own boss and and having more control over my schedule and being able to take off as much as I want to and and being able to put more time into streaming but still be able to make an income for myself. And then eventually that job led me to overcoming that depression and getting back into the gym. And I remember, I will never forget that first day I got back into the gym and I discovered podcasts for the first time. I remember like hearing about them a few times. And then I was like, what is this podcast thing? Huh? Interesting. <laughs> and I Googled like best business podcasts and smart passive income by Pat Flynn was like on a couple of lists that I saw. So I listened to that and it completely changed my life. It exposed me to this idea of entrepreneurship, which I had done my whole life and never really realized that that's what I had been doing. Um, it exposed me to all of these different ways of making an income online and being self-sufficient and not having to rely on a single person for your income or not having to rely on your community for your income. It exposed me to learning more about content creation and things like branding and marketing and uh, just all of the things that I think streamers need to learn about. And so relentlessly, like I did not watch Netflix. I did not watch awesome YouTube videos. I didn't read my fantasy books that I've loved my entire life. I spent all of my free time learning. That gig economy and Amazon job was a delivery job. I spent like eight to 10 hours a day in my car driving. And so I listened to podcasts and audiobooks and I accumulated as much knowledge as I possibly could. I looked at research. I looked at like all of these different things that I thought would be helpful for the streaming community just to figure out, like I had no intention of sharing this information initially. I just wanted to figure out why I sucked and why that person would want to pull that support. And then eventually after I learned all of that, I was like, you know what? Nobody is sharing this. Everyone's saying, be consistent. Talk to your viewers. Like, don't stream saturated games. But why? Why the hell does this matter? Why should we care about this? 
And I started learning all of that. So I was like, I need to share these things. It's not fair that I'm keeping all of this awesome information to myself. There are people that are in the position that I was in a couple of years ago where I was like struggling and I didn't know why. And I did, I was lost. I didn't know my direction. and I was sad and I was screaming into the void. And if I can help a single freaking person not have to do that and not have to feel that way, that is what I want to do. And so that's what I started doing. <laughs> uh, so I just started sharing all of the things that I learned. And eventually that led to me streaming again, May 23rd, 2018. And I think it all of the success since then has really been a testament to knowledge and how powerful not just learning things is, but the implementation of the knowledge that you accumulate can be. So we hit 100 subscribers in four days. Uh, we got partnered two months after we started streaming again. We hit 1,000 subscribers in four months. We recently hit 10K subscribers on the YouTube. Uh, I have a consistently sold out stream coaching business. And now I'm I'm stepping into this role more as like a role model and a uh, a person who a lot of streamers who are struggling or are just they're in their come up right now they're they're looking up to me as a person to um help them kind of clarify their their position and their journey a little bit more and that itself has been a freaking learning experience and a journey too which I'm happy to get into later if we end up wanting to talk about that but I know this is long. <laughs> I know, this, but this is like that's the entire that's the entire thing of of my journey is that it hasn't been short, right? It hasn't been easy, and it hasn't been something that I just did really great. And a year later, I found myself being partnered. It was hard, and it was upsetting, and it was frustrating in the beginning, but this is why I believe in knowledge and this is why I, I do what I do. And I share my, I share my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why I didn't, I didn't interrupt you normally, as you well know, being a podcast host yourself, normally you'd, you know, you'd step in at some point to try and, you know, reflect on something, but you know, your, your story, your creation story um, <laughs> is something that, you know, any any Yamfam member has heard a lot, you know, more than once. But the thing is, is you know, and I'm sure you saw it too. You know, we we tell we tell the world that you made partnership in two months. But the reason why I let you say your entire story is because obviously it's it. I I want people to understand that for most people, you know, success comes after a long hard. Like incredibly hard journey and mm -hmm. yours came after a long journey but um you know that whole thing about you know becoming educated was just fantastic i do want to sort of rewind about 10 minutes though back <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. uh, and i just i just want to ask you about you know obviously you said that you started streaming in 2012 uh, i just want to get a little bit uh, get to know a little bit about the pre-twitch ashley christ were you were you creating content on like any other platform before twitch or was it just like playing games and then you discovered twitch and then you just started streaming on twitch yeah yeah it, it was definitely the latter i had never been exposed to content creation um aside from like watching a couple of youtube videos and seeing people that were were i 
guess at that time people had kind of been full-time for a little bit as youtubers but there was still very much this idea that like if a content creator is making money that there is a little bit of like weirdness and distrust associated with that so that was the same for youtube it was the same for twitch um it's the same it was the same for social media there was this weird like level of bringing a sponsor on meant that you were a sellout right and so people were yeah. very they were weirded out by it which is fine but we've definitely come a long way since then but yeah no i didn't i i didn't create any kind of content since uh since i found or before i found twitch twitch was really my first foray into content creation and i didn't know that that's what it was whenever i first started like growing up as a gamer i thought the entire time that that i was i was so ostracized and othered by all of the people that i was around in my life like high school junior high Luckily, I had some friends who were gamers too, but I feel like a, a huge thing in the gaming community is that up until recently, we've been so alone. Like we were the losers in school, a lot of us, right? Like mm -hmm. I didn't get to sit at the popular kids table. <laughs> I wasn't cool. I didn't have a lot of friends. And I was that weird goth I, kid that used to rock yeah. up with uh, like trench coats and platform shoes. <laughs> I had that too, actually. In eighth grade, I remember the first day I showed up to school in all black and I was friends with like the punk kids. And I walked in and one of my friends just like was so freaking excited. She was like, yes. She saw me in all black and she's like, yeah, we converted her. <laughs> but yeah, I was like such a loser for so much of, of, my life and finding this finding this platform of other people that loved the things that i loved i was like oh this is a no-brainer i'm gonna start streaming and people will care about me they'll finally for once in my life give a crap about me and that's just not what happened <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah i mean I, w I wanted to talk through that sort of I, I call it the gaming period of your twitch career Obviously, I know that you still are, you know, very much a gamer, but obviously when you were playing Dota and things like that, I wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about that and expand on that because obviously, you know, you, you mentioned that you had, like, financial support and things. Um, but what was, your, what was your mindset? Was it like that stereotypical, like, you know, you're going to make it as a gamer on Twitch? Or were you just like... Because we've had, a, like, different reasons as to why people started playing certain games on on Twitch, but were you just literally just streaming Dota to hopefully make some Dota, you know, Dota player as friends, like make new friends? Or were you, mm -hmm. or were you actively trying to build a career out of streaming using, um, you know, Dota as like your main game? Yeah. So in the very beginning, I actually started with Borderlands, and oh, I love Borderlands. I know it's so good. Oh my God! Did you see the Borderlands three? Is that going to be up? I'm kind of like internally freaking out about this right now because holy freaking crap. But that's what I started with. <laughs> um, initially, it was because I just I thought that I had finally found a place where people would understand me and I felt like I belonged. And so I think it was much more geared towards community and just meeting people and making friends. And that's not to say like I don't really believe that if you start off with the intention of of growing or like making money someday or or 
going full time. I don't necessarily think that that's completely wrong. I know that's a little outside of what a lot of people tend to believe, but I don't really think that that's super wrong. And, you know, everyone's got their different motivations. Everyone has different things that drive them. I think as long as you're creating value for people and you're changing lives and you're doing it from a, a place of being honest and authentic, that it's okay. Uh, but going back to the beginning, yeah, I definitely started with Borderlands. I just wanted to make friends. I definitely saw people like making a living off of Twitch. And so that made me feel like, you know what, if that's the potential, once they started to see that that was a thing and I saw that I'd finally found this place where I belonged, that's whenever I thought, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can do this full time. Maybe at some point, you know, I can... I can feel like I'm actually a part of this community, but I knew that that had to come with uh, financial support and viewership support. Um, and that was really whenever I transitioned over into the Dota community. So I started playing my first MOBA, which y'all know if you've ever played a MOBA, that went real well. That was <laughs> very fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a sort of a running joke that... Um... You know, I have a couple of, like, my brother and a couple of friends that play League of Legends, which is a very popular uh, MOBA, and I always sort of, I always take the mick out of it, basically, because it's it's known it's known for, it's sort of, you know, it's quite, it's, it's not got a toxic community, but it's it's been known in the past for being uh, pretty, you know, pretty toxic, and I don't know if, I have no knowledge of Dota, so I couldn't agree or disagree or, you know, build and anything with you but i just have to take your word for how the community was um but but i mean if you if you want to answer, how was the community for dota just real quick it was you know that's a really good it's actually a really cool question i don't get to talk about this very much but uh i was just recently on a panel this last weekend at south by southwest with uh one of my mentors from the dota community and with the vice president of the houston rockets he also is the ooh, I think man manager or basically like the CEO position for Clutch Gaming. So he's like heavy esports title. And on that panel, we actually got to talk a lot about the intersections between esports and streaming. And so the thing I think with Dota that that panel reminded me of is that the Dota community is kind of super different from any other game community you'll find on Twitch, even different than some other esports communities. So they love, their jam is gameplay. They don't care really that much about uh, the community aspect. They don't really care that much about the entertainment side nearly as much as they care about you being able to pull off really sick plays. Their jam is watching people who are good at the game and learning so that way they can get better. And I was never like super great at the game. I was never, I never competed professionally or even got close. <laughs> and because of that reason, a lot of the community saw my stream and they judge you solely based on skill. Because of that, I was never able to really grow. And so this is why one of my big pillars of advice is like, don't stream esports games because you don't know what those communities are like. Some of them are very, very into skill and they don't care about anything other than that. But like League of Legends is similar to Dota, but they value community a little bit more and they value 
uh, people who can entertain and have conversations during the game a little bit more. So every esports game is so different. All of the communities are so different that I feel like that warrants almost its very own section of Twitch advice based on which game that you choose. So like someone who comes to me and says, hey, I want to make it an Apex. What do I do? That's going to be very different advice from someone who comes to me and says, hey, I want to make it in Dota. What do I do? And that's a, a largely under discussed section of of stream advice, I think, is it's so it's so different. And because I wasn't skilled and I will never be very skilled at Dota, you know, I could have easily left streaming Dota and just streamed different games and done way better. I remember streaming, um, uh, was it Outlast? I think the very first Outlast and doubling the viewership of any Dota stream I'd ever done before on my first day of streaming Outlast. Like, why didn't I get it? Why didn't I get it? Why didn't I pick up on the fact that I should stream something other than Dota? But the problem was that I was so selfishly attached to this game. And I thought that if people really care about me or if people really want to just watch me and and then they'll they'll tune into the stream regardless of what I play. I felt entitled to viewership regardless of what I played. And that's not fair. Like we should all be streaming games that we have fun with. We should absolutely be creating content that we enjoy because that reflects during the stream. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge that there are better things that you can stream than potentially what you're streaming at the time, right? Like there are things that are going to be better for growth. And if that's your goal, maybe you want to focus on those. Your goal doesn't always have to be growth. I'm definitely like, my goal is not growth right now. My goal is, is something else, but we have to acknowledge that I think creating content is different from, I'm just playing a game for myself. Mm. And that's not to say that it can, they can never intersect. But I think that there's a lot of responsibility that we have as creators to serve our communities and to help them overcome things that they're struggling with or help serve them what they need. And that's really what Twitch allows us to do. Yeah, I mean, you, you raised, like, I, I counted about 11 different great points during that speech. <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> 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 but, uh, no, I, I I enjoy just sort of, uh, you know, listening to what you have to say. And it, it's all it's all great stuff. You mentioned, um, you know, about the whole thing about, you know, if somebody came to you and wanted to become an Apex streamer, the advice that you'd give them is completely different to, say, somebody that wanted to be a League of Legends streamer. Um, and I actually made a tweet about this about two weeks ago saying that, you know, there's a lot of generic advice on Twitter for streamers. But the reason why it's generic is because if you want tailored advice, you know, then you have to approach somebody one to one. But then I had a I had a discussion with a guy who was basically was like, well, yeah, but you need to give people like the one to one advice and you need to like understand their content. And I was like, yeah. But at the same time, you know, I'm a busy person. I'm not going to do that for free, you know. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the whole sort of stream coach discussion came into it. Because, like, you know, why should somebody come to... For example, if somebody came to me and said, look, I'm I I'm stuck at X amount of viewers and I really want to grow. And I've seen that you've been growing or you've been, you know, doing this, that, or the other. And I really want your advice. Then you can give them some pointers, you know, and depending on who you are as a person. But... I I mean I don't know about you but me personally I I I mean I don't even have time I barely have time to eat breakfast on a morning 
never mind or dinner for that matter never mind sit down you know one to one and give somebody advice so you know sometimes you know asking for sort of finance like a financial return on that investment of time that you're giving isn't necessarily a bad thing but anyway that was just like a a topic that we had uh on twitter but he seemed to believe that if we're gonna give one-on-one advice then it should be free but anyway i think that's a whole different stream and that's a whole another three hour topic that we could probably <laughs> go go off on um but yeah anyway so obviously we've we've spoken a little bit about your sort of your past now i want to sort of drive it forward a little bit into uh what i wrote down as contemporary ashney um which is basically like you where you are now and obviously there is going to be a lot of elements to this because there's you know a lot of things that you're doing um so i wanted to start off with discussing uh you know stream coaching as a whole where where was your obviously i know you've mentioned already that you read a lot of material you got you know you got all this information advice in your head and you wanted to share it was that was that like literally the birth point of being a stream coach or was this something that you built upon over like uh, an amount of time like how did that come about yeah it's definitely been built on for a, a decent amount of time by now so i actually started stream coach as a series of youtube videos in 2016 shortly after I discovered podcasts. So when I went full time in 2015, and then uh, had that that rug pulled out from underneath me and had that financial support pulled away, then found podcasts, then I saw nobody was really sharing that advice. I started making these really cringy, like terrible YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) They were so bad. I'll have to pull some of them up again soon, because it's hilarious how far the videos have come. But I started sharing this information a little bit, and the idea of stream coaching really started back then. I had this idea of like, why? I know people are are doing this idea of like consulting, right? That's been actually big in our industry for a long time, but it very much operates behind the scenes. So it happens uh, through word of mouth. There's not like a, a ton of social presence for it. And I thought that was incredibly valuable, but at the same time, I was like, why is there not some kind of brand that's pushing education? Why is there not like a thing that's, that's helping creators in this way, but publicly, like, why are these, all of these people kind of operating in the shadows, right? Not to say that that's, that was the wrong path or that that hasn't been valuable the entire time because it definitely has. But my idea was like, I want to do something a little bit different than consulting. I feel like to me, consulting has always meant that you are are there to consult with people, right? Like people consult with you. They come and they'll ask questions Mm -hmm. and that's kind of, maybe you do develop a relationship and you help them out and you point them in the right direction. But I feel like consultation versus coaching were always different goals, right? I feel like consultation has always been that that level that I just described, whereas coaching is very much more focused on the person that you're working with. So whenever I teach someone through YouTube videos, it's highly focused on my teaching style and my content creation style and me. But whenever I work with a person, I want it to be focused and and curated towards that person. 
I want coaching sessions to look like whatever that person thinks that they should look like. There are some people that they just need to ask questions, but there are some people where they need to, uh, they need a little bit more direction. There are some people who are just incredibly lost and they're like, what do I do, Ashney? And then I, I give them information based on the, the questions that I ask. Every coaching session is really tailored to the individual. And I feel like that was really what I felt was missing from the streaming community when I first kind of came up with this idea. I mean, the vision since the very beginning has been this educational platform that not only provides free resources through like videos and podcasts, but also paid resources through all of the things that I was learning about at that time when I first started doing the research in like 2015. So ebooks, uh, courses, uh, mentorship, which is like through the form of coaching, right? And Mm-hmm. it's not a unique idea. I, whenever I first found Twitch, one of the first things I said was, how do I get a mentor? Like, how do I get a successful streamer to work with that will teach me what I need to do? And I've seen multiple tweets like that throughout the years of people like, why doesn't Twitch have a mentorship program? Why don't we have a way of like pairing successful creators with people who are struggling? And so that's really what, what birthed the idea was myself, but also I just saw the need and I started fulfilling it. And I think there's also uh, something that I should touch on here, which is the monetization side of it. So there are plenty of people who think that coaching should be free. And trust me, like, I love free resources. I have learned so 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 much from free things like youtube videos and podcasts have shown me the world but i've also paid for things too and we all say like your time is your most valuable resource right how many times have you heard that from a streamer's mouth Mm -hmm. your time is so valuable thank you for spending it here in our stream with us thank you for spending your valuable finite time here in our channel Yet when someone wants to charge for their time, all of a sudden that becomes such a strange concept to us. But if we truly believe that time is valuable, why can't we let someone offer us another value exchange for our time? There's not a problem, I think, with someone that wants to or I don't think there's a problem with someone who understands that their time is valuable and wants to charge not only for that time, but also for all of the freaking knowledge that they've accumulated. And that goes not only for successful uh, educational Twitch creators, but for coaches in every single market, for uh, for artists, like for any single person who has a skill that they feel like they can sell to their communities. Oh, yeah, and I mean... That- Sorry, yeah. sorry. No, inter- you're good. Interject. Keep going. <laughs> um, it's just I, I, had, you know, the, uh, as a photographer outside of Twitch, there is the exact same mindset, and to me, it's just the Twitch, the Twitch universe or the Twitch community just isn't used to it. But as a photographer, you see it all the time. People don't seem to understand that you know somebody with a DSLR camera that's gone through. You know, some people go through three plus years of education, you know, via a university and sometimes college education as well, which would make it five years plus. Then they invest two, three thousand pound or dollars um, into a camera and then they spend, you know, a couple of thousand pound dollars in lighting equipment. But then all of a sudden there's some parts of the population that would expect you to go out and take their pictures 
for £10 or £20 or go and take their pictures for free because, <laughs> dare I say it, and it's pretty much a meme these days, but they will pay with exposure, which, quite frankly, I don't know if anybody's actually sat down with a calculator and done the maths, but last time I did it, exposure didn't pay the bills, and it did take me a while mm. to figure that out, but I spent a good time with a good... It was one of those scientific calculators, and I figured out that, you know, exposure does not pay the bills, but it's it's everywhere. Like you said, it's, it's in every community. It's not just Twitch. Um, everybody, yeah. everybody feels entitled, and part of it, part of it, I think, comes down to just us, as, us as, as a society in general, are just expecting more and more for less. Um, you know, you've got these supermarkets that are popping up, like pound. You know, like in England, we have pound stores, which are you know everything you can buy everything for a pound, and you can buy like you know food there now and toys and things, and people are just expecting more, like the better quality for less. Um, mm -hmm. but they don't seem to understand that one of the biggest um it's in fact i'm not even going to say one of the biggest elements is time because it's not one of the biggest elements is quite frankly it's the education and the skill behind what's going on you know it takes as you know it takes a lot of skill to be a to be a streamer it takes more than just you know to be an established streamer like you um on you know like the 30,000 other partnered streamers and the people that are almost at that point you know, aren't just sitting there playing a game, just blankly staring at a camera. They're creating a user experience, like a bit like making a game, except you're making an experience for the audience. And I think, you know, tying that up with stream coaching, I feel like it's always been perfectly acceptable for, to ask for a reasonable compensation of money for the time yeah. that you're giving an individual. There's also like a time and a place for free work. That will always exist, I think, in any industry. That's how else is someone expected to grow their skills if they're not providing free work? Whenever I first started coaching, I didn't immediately start charging people $200 an hour. Like you don't, you don't walk into a thing saying, hey, I'm a professional here, give me money. You try things out and you get better and you go like over time, you increase your prices. So the first, I think, couple of coaching sessions I did were completely free. And then I moved to $20. And I remember that first $20 session, I was like, someone's actually paying me for this. Like I get to <laughs> hang out and watch their stream and talk about what they're doing and give them all this advice. Like this is really weird. I thought it was freaking weird too. I understand if other people think it's weird, but it's also like you, the amount of messages that I get of people who are directly asking me for my time without trying to like give me anything in return or trying to like give me a, a testimony of how my advice has helped them or something. They're just, the first message that I get for someone is, hey, can you look at my stream and tell me what I'm doing wrong? And I'm like, all the YouTube videos, all the podcasts, all the streams, everything, like you're gonna, someone just subscribed, what the heck? Sorry. Um... <laughs> uh, all the, the YouTube videos, all the streams and everything that I've done, it's, that's not enough, right? That's not enough. You want my one-on-one -on -one attention. And I think if you're noticing that, if you're, no matter what you're doing, if you're a creator who is noticing that people are coming to you asking for a thing over and over and over and over, 
if you want to be able to free up time to do that, you have to think of like, what does your day look like, right? We've all only got 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, and you have bills to pay and you've got food and you've got a a future that you want to have. Like maybe your future looks super ballin'. Maybe it looks more modest. That's not the point. The point is that your time is valuable. And if people want a thing from you, you can definitely give it, but don't be afraid to exchange your value for their value whatever that looks like. Yeah, and I mean, I, w- I want to sort of roll forward with, with that in mind. Now, well, you know as well as most people in chat will know that, you know, we like to create a positive experience, but I do want to touch upon um, the sort of backlash and the negativity that you face because I, I understand, you know, that it might be difficult to talk about, or it might not be in your case, I don't know, but... I feel like it's important to, you know, just tell everybody that, you know, with all the success comes the haters, which, you know, we're, we're going to speak about the, you know, the, the sort of naysayers and the haters a little bit later on in terms of a book that both me and Ashley have read. But I want to, I want to, I want to ask you like what your experience is, you know, like <laughs> I say coming out as a coach as if it's like that, but, uh, you know, you've developed, oh, yeah. <laughs> you've developed your brand as you know as a stream coach and all of a sudden you know i'm not gonna you know we're not gonna name any names but you know you had some pretty big streamers that you know tweeted about stream coaches and if you need them then you probably shouldn't be streaming and all this like how how did that affect you oof Uh, I feel like I need to take a breath before I answer this. <laughs> I I understand um, if you if you don't want to, then it's fine. It's just I I feel it's important to you know get your side across because I feel like I mean you might not feel like this, but I feel like in a way it's kind of like that situation where everybody's gone and got their side, but nobody's really listened. You know, to your side. I mean, I don't know if you feel differently. It's just how, you know, as somebody from the outside looking in has observed it, you know, you've got all these people that are like, yeah, you know, stream coaching shouldn't be a thing, blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, yeah, but then everybody's, yeah, you know, and then you get people that defend you, like, you know, me being one of them. And then, but nobody's actually took a step back to actually say, Ashney, are you actually all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... There has been quite a bit of negativity, for sure. And I never thought that I would really be in a position to even be recognized by people like that at all. I was like, I'm a small freaking blip on the radar. There's no way that these massive creators are even at any point going to acknowledge me. And so to see that experience, specifically the one that you're referring to, where... Uh, so for those who don't know, what happened was I I made this like semi-viral tweet. I think it w- I had like 400 retweets or something that was uh, best stream tips from a full-time stream coach. And so because of the virality of that tweet and the advice that I put in there, there were a lot of people who were like talking about what they thought about coaching, right? And there were even a, a couple of people, a few people that I really looked up to that started to say things that were really negative towards me and the idea of coaching, which of course like sucked. And I published a video on YouTube about this recently because I've kind of been thrown into this spotlight very, very quickly. And 
since I told y'all my story earlier, like this is, this is completely new for me. This is not something that uh, I've ever imagined would happen. And the level that we've kind of risen to over the last full few months, myself and, and everyone else that has been on my team, it's, it's crazy and it's really bizarre. And so that level of negativity was weird for me to see. And there were a lot of people who were like, yeah, stream coaching, cool. But there were also a lot of people who I really looked up to that I was uh, very you know, saddened to see that they all of a sudden just despised me and everything that I stood for. And I'm because I, I've been small for so long, I was like, you know what? I want to be honest during this entire process. I want to be as authentic and real and raw and open up with everyone as much as I can. And I published a YouTube video recently about how criticism and negativity can definitely detract from your life as a, a creator. So I feel like a lot of people have these intentions of growing really massive on Twitch and being really successful, but you don't realize the responsibility that comes with that. Like you don't understand until you're thrown into that position really quickly, just how much you have to analyze literally every single freaking word that you put on Twitter. Like Ninja can butter his bread the wrong way and people will talk about it for weeks. And that sucks. That's a lot of pressure to put on a person. That's a lot of responsibility to put on a person. And I'm definitely not making excuses for people who are screwing up. I think we should desire leadership from our leaders. But I also feel like the amount of pressure on some creators to make sure that they are perfect, one, perfectionism is just impossible. Like we're human beings and we make mistakes. Even people that you put on a pedestal because they've got 2 million subscribers on YouTube, right? And two, why would we want to put ourselves on a pedestal and, and be perfect and not make mistakes? Like mistakes are the number one thing that you can use to grow as a creator and to become a better person. We have to be allowed, I think, as creators to make mistakes from time to time because that's where the growth comes from that's where becoming a better person comes from and i have very much felt like my mistakes have been criticized so much more than the way worse stuff than i did in the past just because i'm i'm on a pedestal now i see people who like want to be in my position that are saying like kind of messed up stuff on social media and they're not considering or they think that it's like an an excuse to say misogynistic or racist or homophobic things because they don't have the audience yet but that's not entirely fair. Like we should all, I think, try to aspire to be the best versions of ourselves, regardless of how many people are watching us, right? So I felt very saddened by having all of these like mentors from afar, these people that I looked up to that all of a sudden just despised me and everything that I stood for. It hurts. It really sucks. And you have to have a personality type or the vision and the belief in your vision to be able to push through all of that negativity if you want to see success that goes beyond just hey i'm i'm 
playing video games and like having a good time. I think that is success that people are comfortable with. If you're like playing games and having fun and growing a community and doing it the traditional way, people are comfortable with that model because we've seen it for so long. But whenever someone tries to be a little bit different and kind of break out of that, that's whenever it's weird, it can be problematic and people are going to have a lot of opinions. But visionaries always have that level of of negativity, I think. And so if you have this big vision, okay, if you're a person who's like, I've got this idea, but I think people are going to hate me for it, or it's too big. Who am I to do the thing? Who am I to bring this, like bring Twitch or bring streaming or bring art or bring whatever into this new golden age? Just do it. Like if you really believe in the vision of it, that is what it takes. Because if you believe in your vision so much, you will push through the negativity. You will push through the haters. You won't listen to the way that things should be done. You won't listen to all of those voices that are trying to bring you down. And instead, you are going to usher in this completely new idea and you're going to change the the market and the platform and everything that you're doing. And that's awesome. Yes, do the thing, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I saw a tweet the other day, actually, that I kind of... I think it was a tweet. You know, I consume them that much that I kind of forget what was a tweet, what was a stream, what was a video. But anyway, uh, I saw a tweet the other day um, that somebody said, and I'm not sure if it's a famous quote, so I, I forgive me if it is, but I just saw somebody tweet it. But somebody tweeted and they said, haters will scream your failures, but whisper your successes. And that was Ooh. like, yeah, that was like something that I was like, I sort of sat back and I was like, huh, that's like really cool. Like, you know, like, obviously, it's kind of obvious, but it's, you know, it is something that a lot of people do, you know, there's a lot of people that have their finger on the trigger, ready to fire a tweet whenever you screw up. But in reality, you know, they might be sort of just, you know, they'll go and tell somebody, they'll go and tell their friend, oh, I saw, I saw Ashley Christ hit like 400 average viewers the other day, like, you know, like, you know, they, they will whisper your successes to people, but they'll go and scream on Twitter that you know you just accidentally said a naughty word that you shouldn't have or something you know something along those lines but yeah i mean it must have been you know many of us on twitch we a lot of us go live with the knowledge and the expectation that at some point we're gonna have a troll in our chat but you like have literally had it you know not not far worse than everybody else i'm not gonna be be over dramatic but you've had you know, a, f a fair standing of harsh criticism from, like you said, people that you once looked up to, and that can't have been easy. But, and I w it's it's not necessarily moving on, but I'd like to butter this up. I'd like to butter Ashney up a little bit um, by saying, you know, despite the negativity, so despite everybody, you know, um, approaching Ashney with criticism, you know, saying bad things about her, She's managed to help thousands of people, right? I mean, you've just surpassed, and I checked today, so you can check yourself if you want, but you've just surpassed today 600,000 total views on YouTube, and you've also surpassed 350,000 views total uh, across your Twitch channel. So, Oh my god, that's crazy. It's safe to say that you're influencing a whole new generation of streamers that, you know, aren't just building that streamer life, they're building that entrepreneurial spirit, and, you know, you're encouraging people to go sort of bigger, go beyond, 
And, you know, I wanted to know how, you know, you know, we've spoken about the negativity, but how does that make you feel knowing that, you know, you've influenced, you know, it might not be, you know, 600,000 unique individuals, but you've surpassed 600,000 total people, um, you know, that have consumed an element of your content. So, you know, if that doesn't trump the few little you know, weak little voices in the back shouting down with Ashney, down with stream coaching, you know, waving the little thumbs in the air. I think the 600,000 that actually consumed your media and, you know, 90% of them probably gained something from watching it trumps any of that. You know, what's also weird about that for me is that. Oh, and the YouTube's only been around for, I mean, I created the channel in 2014, but I didn't start posting videos until just over a year ago. How crazy is it that the YouTube is so much bigger than the streams are? Like, what? That's, that's mind-blowing. What a testament to how important it is to have a YouTube channel and find an audience and serve those people, right? What a freaking testament. Yeah, I mean, my YouTube channel was... My YouTube channel content is old. I, I did Minecraft content back in 2014, 2015, and I... My channel has got, like, 1.1 million total views, but, you know, a lot... I, I mentioned this to you before in one of your streams. A lot of my audience on my YouTube was... I can't remember the word that you used to describe it, but I basically had a very good rate of you know, understanding viral trends. So I was able to make the videos that were going to get the views, but I didn't have the personality or the experience to drive those people to subs. So I only actually got like three, 4,000 subs, but, you know, I had like over a million total views on my channel. And, you know, I really wanted to include that because I did want to, I did want to get to know a little bit about the sort of issues that you've faced as a stream coach, but I mean, I, I fully, honestly, I fully expected you to know the numbers that you've reached, but I could tell that when I said that you've hit over 600,000 total video views, it was like, your face was like, like your jaw yeah. hit the floor. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, so, I mean, I don't know, I, how, how does that compare to the negativity that you've faced in a truthful manner? Uh... I mean, it, it definitely, it's fulfilling for sure. It definitely like that coupled with all of the positive messages that I get. I mean, that's why I'm able to pull through that and seeing creators get more clarity and more focus and start serving people and, and doing better and growing their communities. That's why I keep doing what I'm doing, even amidst all of the negativity, because it's not it's not super common that people get to not only influence other people but get to influence people who influence people right like being able to speak into the lives of streamers who also all have their own communities and help them make the lives of their communities better that's an absolute freaking dream that's such a cooler dream than my initial dream of just playing video games all day for for me right like that's so cool that i have the awesome opportunity that i get to do that and 
if you ever consider, if you ever, ever think like, should I, should I say this nice thing about this person? I feel like I'm, I feel like people will think it's inauthentic or I feel like maybe they won't see the message or I feel like they won't care. Like they care. Creators absolutely care. That's the lifeblood. That's what keeps us doing what we do. So if there's somebody that you love and you consume a lot of their stuff and they have changed your lives, tell them. If that's through Twitter or Instagram or an email or whatever it takes, like just get even just a a short, small message to them can make their entire day. And that's what everyone who has watched the videos or everyone who has like commented on the stuff or sent any freaking second of nice language to me has done for me. And I'm eternally, eternally grateful for that. Yourself included, Mike, like you've done so much in, in supporting me, like And even sometimes not even like including my name in it, but supporting the idea of coaching in general, like that is awesome. And I'm always, always grateful, like eternally grateful and humbled by every single person that has done anything like that. Well, I think I can take this particular moment to just say to you, Ashley, that you haven't just changed my life like completely. I think you've changed how many people are in the Amfam stream team and then how many people are in your Discord. How many followers have you got on Twitch? I think it's about 11,000 or something. You've changed more lives than I think most of us can ever hope to, you know, or aspire to influence. And, you know, me in particular, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm just trying to be honest. You know, like I said, I used to stream Fortnite six days a week because it's all I knew you could do on Twitch and you it was you that opened me to the possibility of doing a little bit more and actually helping people now I don't aspire you know I don't in particularly aspire to be a stream coach but I definitely you know doing these podcasts was all down to me wanting to build a career as a content creator alongside as a a photographer but it also came from the fact that i met you so thank you so much for everything that you've done for our stream team and me Uh, and i'm sure i speak on behalf of everybody in the stream team when i say thank you for that so i appreciate you and i appreciate everything that you're doing and that you're going to do in the future because i know that you've got some kick-ass things uh prepared not just for the stream team but for your community as well and for yourself i think yourself is important too uh to bring up as well so my emotions <laughs> trust me I, I'm, I'm trying very hard right now to maintain a a good posh not posh that's not the right word but yeah i've i've you know when 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 i messaged you the first time and i was like oh you should come on the podcast and you were like super busy and then you were like oh you know i don't have time right now but maybe again and then i messaged you and then you on twitter i was like well maybe you should come on the stream on the on the podcast and then you were like oh yeah um let's let's make it happen and i literally dropped my phone i was like i don't know what to do i don't know what what about doing i don't know chocolate cake (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah um so it's fair to say that you've had a huge impact on my content but Guys, thank you so much for listening to episode number six of the podcast. 
Episode number two will be released on March the 27th. However, if you cannot wait for the second part, and I trust me when I say this, the second part contains some absolutely great information for streamers. If you'd like to listen to part two right now, you can go ahead and head over to patreon.com forward slash the Mike James and pledge in any amount uh, from a minimum of $1 a month. You can unlock episode number two. This is a one-time offer for this episode only because I am so excited to to get this out to you guys so if you would like to listen to part two right now head over to patreon.com forward slash the mike james if you'd like to listen to these episodes live being recorded on a monday night at 9 p.m gmt head over to twitch.tv forward slash the mike james guys thank you for hanging out with us in this episode i can't wait to share with you episode number two take care everybody and i hope you have a wonderful week guys